This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello and welcome, everyone, to NFL Friday. I'm Christian O'Hara alongside Corey Miller and Luke Palmer to my right, who will be giving us fantasy in just a bit. First of all, Corey, how you doing? Oh, Christian, it's homecoming weekend here in the Bronx. Just a delightful day outside, not a cloud in the sky. Just got back from Tino's on Arthur Ave, had a Lenona number four. <sighs> I- I'm, in, I'm doing great. You're in seventh heaven. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, we got a show to do today, Corey. Uh, sounds like you had a great lunch, but uh, let's let's get the ball rolling. Uh Denver and Kansas City last night. Corey, what a game last night. Thursday night football debut uh, in in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Denver beats Kansas City 31-24. And to be honest with you, I thought Kansas City was going to win the game last night. I think a lot of people did. Uh, I saw the poll before the game. It was about 70% of the country actually had picked Kansas City. I thought it was a prime opportunity. You know, everybody's talking about how um, Denver might take a step back. Peyton's getting old, blah, blah, blah. You saw last night. Cases of the old Peyton Manning, um, where he drives, you know, old meaning, you know, the, the vintage Peyton Manning, where he drives the team down the field and scores the, the game-tying touchdown. And then you saw signs of an aging Peyton Manning, where um, the balls, you know, that he's throwing really don't come out of his hand very well, and, and quite honestly, they, they're ducks. Um, so, Corey, what was your take on the game last night? Yeah, it, it first of all, what a crazy ending. I mean, you, you look at, I don't know how many, what was it, four minutes left when Denver got the ball? Five minutes left? I know, no, Corey, I think, I think... Was it under Kansas that? City went up 24-17 with about with the, three with the Niles minutes, Davis touchdown. I watched three that, minutes yeah. to go, and so Denver three had minutes, okay. that. Yeah, three minutes and unbelievable. Yeah, you look at that game. I mean, you, it, Denver goes down, drives good throw by Peyton there in right. the last that 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 I've last touchdown. That. You know, if you're if you're Kansas City, you give the ball to your best player in Jamal Charles, mm. and he can't get the job done. It's just a fumble right right in the in the red zone for for the opposing team, right. and you know all of a sudden it's it's a pick six, and Denver's going to win the game. And, you know, it was funny, right before that Charles fumble at the end of the game, Phil Simms had commented on, I think that the the Chiefs are going to handle this drive a lot differently than they did at the end of the first half, where Alex Smith was intercepted, Mm -hmm. and that turned into seven points for the Broncos. And so when you look at it that way, I mean, Kansas City had five turnovers, and it's almost, you know, crazy to say that we're sitting here talking about how Kansas City blew the game when they have five turnovers, and they gave up 14 points within the last two minutes of the first and at the end of the game. And so when you look at it that way, you know, they give it to Jamal Charles. Like you said, Corey, their best player, their their playmaker who rushed for over 100 yards, had another touchdown, exactly. And so he fumbles the ball. He fumbles the ball right before his knee hits the ground. Courtney Roby, former Ohio State cornerback, picks it up, runs it all the way to the end zone for a touchdown, and Arrowhead Stadium is stunned. I know, I was stunned. And it's just, it's a case of... When a team has your number, I, I saw a stat that was just unbelievable. Peyton Manning going into the game was thirteen and one in his career, including the postseason, including the postseason against Kansas City. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. And and this is what I this is why it feels like the Chiefs blew this game because Peyton Manning, yes, he he played pretty well. Twenty six for four, I mean twenty six for forty five. That's not great, but it's not bad. Two hundred fifty six yards, three touchdowns. Yes, he threw an interception. Here's the problem, Peyton Manning. You said it. It's he's just not intimidating anymore. Right. And the as good as Denver's defense is with Von Miller and Demarcus Ware, keep to leave, and those are top mm-hmm. top players at their positions. This offense is not scary anymore. They played pretty well last night. The Chiefs are a good team. They have a solid right. defense. That's the thing with Peyton. He he does not throw the ball hard, but he throws it where it needs to be. Denver. They're good because their defense is good, and Peyton has a lot of targets to throw to, but he himself is just not intimidating anymore, and it's kind of sad. I mean, you, you knew this was coming, and it always does, but it just seems it's like been very quick. Since, right. since halfway through last year, it just hasn't been the same Peyton Manning. So, you know, just going back on something I said, it was actually Bradley Roby who, who okay. picked up that fumble, ran it back for a touchdown, but something that you said, Corey, and you know, I want to hit on that, is that it's kind of been fast. You know, he got to Denver in the first year. Um, I believe they lost to Baltimore uh, in, that, in, that in, that, in that first year in the playoffs. And so then the next year they go on to the Super Bowl. And ever since kind of, you know, in the regular season has put up great numbers. But ever since that Super Bowl loss, you kind of just, you're right, you feel bad for Peyton Manning because it looks like Peyton can still do things that other NFL quarterbacks can't do. 
And so, look, you saw that last night. 80-yard drive to tie the game, 10 plays, a minute 51 seconds. That is not an easy task, let alone for a guy who's 38 years old in his 18th year in the league. Unbelievable. But when Kansas City went up 14-0 after that pick six, I think it was Peters who who picked that ball off, um, it was just, I felt like I was watching somebody who is nearing retirement or maybe even should have retired already. And I'm like, wow, you know what? This is really sad. Watching Peyton Manning, the guy I grew up watching in Indianapolis, and you know who had such success early on in Denver, this is what it's what it's come down to. And you know what? I thought immediately it's got to be the neck. It's got to be the neck surgery. He's already commented on how maybe he even is losing feeling or can't feel in his fingers. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a question to be brought up. But then again, I saw a tweet from one of the guys um, who covers the NFL saying, last year, a certain Hall of Fame quarterback went into Kansas City and people were questioning if he was done or not. So I'm going to wait and see with Peyton, but it certainly looks like he's going to have to find a different way to get through this season. I'll tell you the difference between Tom Brady last year and Peyton Manning this year. Right. Watch him throw the ball. I mean, it is Agreed. clean and simple. Tom Brady throws a rocket ship spiral. Every time, every single time. When he throws a bad ball, it's still a spiral, rocket ship. And sometimes it's right. not his fault. Peyton Manning does not throw that tight spiral anymore. No. And that is the, that is the plain difference in these two in these two aging players. And when Tom said it in his text messages, as we saw, right. Peyton's only got one or well, two years yeah, left. I've got six. And yeah. I I don't know if Tom has six left, but I would I mean yeah. he looks just far if, younger than Peyton does. If I was a betting man, you know, obviously I'd bet for Tom Brady to have a, a longer career um at this point. But you're right, Corey. I mean, when you when you watch Peyton throws, when you watch Peyton throw, if he doesn't set his feet, you don't know where that ball is going. Exactly. On the pick six, he was supposed to throw to the sideline. He threw it right in the middle of the hash where the corner was literally just sitting there to make the play and go run for a touchdown. And, you know, again, Sims commented uh, on this on the telecast last night. As soon as Peyton was stepping up into throws, stepping into it, you know, um, with, with his legs, he was getting more zip on the ball. But you're not always going to be able to do that in the NFL, and more often than not, you're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, when Peyton throws those throws those ducks, it's got to be frustrating for guys like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders to go out there and be like, all right, I have to kind of even do a little bit more, a little bit extra. As you saw on the drive, Demarius made a couple great yeah. catchers to set up that Sanders touchdown. Catches that. I don't know if, he, if, if Thomas, who I consider to be a top five receiver Very in the league, good. If Thomas is not in that position, I don't know if those balls get picked off, excuse me, or dropped. So, you know, that's just that's just my take on it. And I'll tell you one more t- thing about this this Broncos team. Uh, they, they they replaced John Fox with with Gary Kubiak. What has Gary Kubiak done? I mean, yeah. he had a really did not succeed in the Texans ever. Right. The Ravens, he was the offensive coordinator last year. He's an offensive mind, but I just don't see that as a difference making head coach. Signing. I think, you know what, it, it goes back to the relationship, Corey. Kubiak was the offensive coordinator in Denver when Elway won those last two Super Bowls. And so Elway's running the show now. He probably feels like, hey, this is my guy. This is this is who got me to the promised land. And so obviously bringing in Peyton was the move to, all right, we're going to get to the Super Bowl. But personally, I think Denver's window is closed. I, 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 I do. I don't I don't see them making a whole Their lot of defense noise. Is Their defense good enough is good to where The defense is they, top two, top right, three defense. Right, but right. It's the problem with Peyton and the coach. I really that's that's where I start with that. You know, team. and you and you look at you look at the offense. Peyton is lining up under center. He's thirty eight years old. I don't understand why he's not in the shotgun every play. It's not Peyton's offense anymore. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of bringing in Kubiak, like you said, um, to just switch the offense this late in his career. I just don't see it 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 working out to Peyton's benefit at all. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I'm 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 in total agreement there with you. I just as as you know, I look at the other powerhouses in this conference: New England, Indianapolis, for example. They 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 the, they seem to be more threats than right. Denver. And and it goes back again, like you said, it's quarterback league. Quarterbacks, you know, Luck obviously just starting, you know, his career relatively early in his career. Brady looks like he's a lot healthier, and it's undeniable that Brady has a lot more zip on the ball. So. Um, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, you know, what a great game last night. Unbelievable. If that, if that Thursday night football game sets us up oh, for, for the rest of the weekend. season, it's going to be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna we, be good. We were just talking about the weekend games this oh, week. It's unbelievable. You know, very fair. I very think, even even teams playing each other. It's just matchup after matchup is going to be a lot of fun football. I agree with that, Corey. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of almost wanted these games to be, you know, put 
on the week one schedule because yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of the week one games are kind of one sided. I agree completely. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that um, later in our pick segment. But let's let's move on to things that happened last week. Um, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, both you know Heisman Trophy winners, the last two Heisman Trophy winners. And I I had said behind the glass, I don't know if this got on the air, but I thought that Mariota would outperform Winston, but I thought the Bucks would win the game. And so, you know, I kind of got that prediction half right. Uh, Mariota, I think, was 13-16, 209, and four touchdowns. He had a 158.3 passer rating, which is perfect. He was absurd. And, you know, Winston's first career NFL throw was taken back to the house for a pick six to put Tennessee up 14-0. But did you see who the, the last person to do that was? Uh, for far. Yes. Yeah. Not a not a not a great right. start, but right. hey, things hey. could be you could be in worse company. If if Jameis Winston has the equivalent career to Brett Favre, I think he's in pretty good company. <laughs> I, would, um, I would agree with that. But you know, this was just the fourth quarterback combination to have been selected with the first and second overall picks in the NFL draft since nineteen ninety eight. So obviously something that's a rarity. Um and you know, I just want to get your thoughts on the game, Corey. You know, I thought Tampa Bay was the better team. I thought Tampa Bay was gonna go in there. Close game, you know, maybe win by a touchdown, ten points. Well, Tam- I mean, Tampa Bay did not show up, especially the offensive line. The- Jameis Winston had no time to throw mm-hmm. at all, uh, and-, and-, and that's where it starts. It starts with the offensive line. Also, Mike Evans was out. That's a big target for Jameis Winston. He's going he's gonna to be back this week, I believe. They've been a little shoddy about that, but right. Evans wants to go. He's ready to go. I think he makes a big difference. On I mean, those are two good wide receivers on that team. Mike Evans is a good, good talented young wide receiver. On the other side of the ball, Tennessee played great. They played very well. The defense looked stunning. I mean, they looked they just were getting pressure constantly. Marcus Mariota can't say enough about him. Had a couple of really good throws. Uh, he just looked smart, confident, even killed. And that's exactly what he's been. I, I've been someone who's been a little hesitant to predict success for Mariota, but no system, no system like Oregon. He's. I mean, it's it's a different system, right. and he performed well. You know, I I still. When you look at the question, who is the better rookie year? I just think that Jameis Winston will, and I, I, I could be wrong, and it's tough to do it after this first week performance, which was pretty much abysmal. But he's just got more star power on the on the offensive side of the ball. The line's a problem, no doubt about it. With I think there's three rookies starting on that on that mm-hmm. offensive line the I Bucks have, right. and that is young. That's a young team, right. so they're they're going to improve on that front. You know, like I said, bringing bringing Evans back into the game is a huge playmaker, and and that'll help Jameis tremendously. It's a tough debate right now. I'm I'm almost putting my foot my foot in my mouth right. by saying this, but I really do think Jameis Winston will step it up. No, you're holding firm, Corey. I mean, listen, you heard all the scouts and all the pundits saying that Winston was more pro ready. He was more pro ready. Um, you know, necessarily, I'm not so sure if that necessarily means that he was more pro ready or just he had experience running a pro system. You know, people talk yeah. about Mariota because he was at Oregon. They kind of, like, look down on that system. It's a gimmick. You know, listen, whatever. I think, you know, at the Combine, Mariota showed he's by far the superior athlete. Absolutely. Um, but you're right. You know, not all, you know, you don't need to be a great athlete to be a, a quarterback in the National Football League. But just kind of to read Jameis' stats, he was 16-13, to 13, 210 yards. He had two touchdowns, also those two interceptions, one return for a touchdown. He had a QBR of 6.7 compared to Mariota's 95.7. Yeah. So, like you said, Corey, Jameis has a long way to go, and theoretically, you know, this is why I thought that Tampa Bay would win the game. They have, you know, guys like Evans, Safarian Jenkins, Vincent Jackson. Yes, they have a lot exactly. more weapons at, you know, Jameis has a lot more weapons at his disposal. Mariota, you know, not that, you know, not that he ha- has um, guys who have improved in Delaney Walkers in Tennessee, um, but it's just not the same type of talent that Tampa Bay has. So, like we said, it, it was a surprising outcome. I'm going to go with Mariota. I'm going to go with Mariota has the better rookie year. I think from what I've seen out of Marcus this year, it's not a fluke. It's not. Um, I would agree. I, I think that Mariota will have a very solid rookie year. Um, and, you know, we'll get into this later, but I think that he's probably going to win the rookie of the year. Um, I just I just like I like the way he plays football. I think he's very even-keeled, like you said. And I think that he's he's mature beyond his years. And, and that's something that maybe Jameis needs to work on a little bit. I know he's been working on it. Um, but I think that when you look at Mariota, I feel like he's the whole package. And look. People can can knock the system that he was in, but I think every throw you see him make, he's a pretty accurate passer. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that Marcus Mariota could easily come into the National Football League and and, and you know at least down the road complete sixty percent or more of his passes. Yeah, the the thing with Mariota this year that I have trouble committing with him is the AFC South's a pretty solid division. Right, right. Uh, Jacksonville's not that good, but 
Houston would give Mariota a lot of problems, I think. I'm really excited for this matchup between Cam Newton and, and the, the D-line of Houston. It's going to be a fun one between, you know, J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, Vince Wilfork. I think that would be a problematic uh, game for Mariota. The Colts are another pretty good team. I know they didn't show up in, in Week 1 against Buffalo. Buffalo's a tough place to play. I think the Colts are going to be that second team, top team in the AFC Conference. So you look at this division, and the Titans, I don't think, will win this division no, or no, even no, no. come in second place, but... It's it's challenging enough where it's going to give him some problems early on, I'm sure. And, and you know, he's going to have his ups and downs. But I, it, it's it's tough to see, after watching him perform so well last week, especially with his arm, which really is the question about him. It's not it's not his feet. He'll be a, he'll be fine there. But he looked good in the read option. And and let's see if he can continue it. Then then he's going to win it easily. They you know they have a good chance to go two and zero this weekend. They play Cleveland, um, Mariota versus Manziel. You know a couple Heisman Trophy winners. So that's, it should be an exciting game for those of you, especially those of you who like college football. Something to look forward to. But you mentioned one team in in, in your response, Corey. That's the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they played Indianapolis last week, and they absolutely destroyed the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck, you know, didn't look like his normal self. Rex Ryan's defense had the Colts all out of sorts. T.Y. Hilton is hurt. Um, are the Buffalo Bills the real deal? I don't know if I'm sold on Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the problem with the Bills. They have a great, great defense. Mario Williams, uh, Marcel Darius is a beast. Uh, this team's very good. But, again, again in a, in, a not, in a division, that's tough. I know I said the Bills may do better than the Dolphins this year, but after looking at the Dolphins' schedule and, and mm-hmm. really looking at the Dolphins' team, I don't know. I think the Dolphins probably got the, got the edge there. The Bills, you, you you wait for Buffalo because they are a good team overall. I'm pretty sure they have a, a, a strong offensive line. They got Sammy Watkins at the wideout position. Is Tyrod Taylor the real deal? I, I, I don't know. He looked really good. He looked really good in that first start. Maybe he caught did. the Colts off guard. I'm surprised, truly. Chuck, Chuck Pagano doesn't usually let that happen to his teams. So they beat a very good Indianapolis team, a very good Indianapolis team. I mean, I just want to highlight that. I think this this buff. I mean, they're playing New England. They have two tough tests right off the bat. They're they're playing the, essentially the two best teams in the conference. If they right. get wins against both right. these teams, and they could very well beat New England this weekend. They oh, very absolutely. well. It's at home. Yeah, exactly. Buffalo is a tough place to play. So I mean, it, can Buffalo be good? Are they the real deal? This week's very telling. If they beat the Patriots this week, you're going to look out for a very dangerous team. I, I absolutely agree with you, Corey. Um, just to you know, read off Taylor's stat line from last week, he was 14 and 19, 195 yards with a touchdown. That um, you know, one bomb touchdown pass, I believe, it was oh, yeah. to Robert Woods. You know, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, but what you're saying is absolutely right. The real test for Buffalo will be this week at home against New England. Okay, Rex Ryan. Loves playing the New England Patriots. You know, obviously, Plays him well. you know, with the Jets, he always gave Tom Brady and that offense, you know, trouble. And so what Buffalo has to look for is can Tyrod keep us in the game? The defense, you know, on paper, theoretically, will, you know, limit Tom Brady. They'll try to cover Rob Gronkowski. They're going to have solutions or they're going to have different looks that they're going to give New England that are going to give them trouble, you know. Um, at least that's what we've seen in the past. And so if Taylor plays the way he's capable of playing, this is going to be a very close game. This is not going to be a game where New England walks in there and just beats them and says, look, we're the Patriots, we're the Super Bowl champs. I believe Buffalo's for real. And I, you know what? In terms of your Buffalo-Miami question, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think they're going to have a better year because even though Miami has the better offense on paper, Buffalo has the better head coach and Buffalo has a better defense, in my opinion. And so, you know, I don't think Philbin's done a lot necessarily as a head coach. And I think that you know any Rex Ryan coach defense is is up there near the top of the league. So um, if Tyrod Taylor can look, and, and we're not asking Taylor to go out there and be Drew Brees, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, we're asking him to complete fifteen of twenty six passes. We're asking him to throw for two hundred thirty yards and a touchdown or two, and our defense will lead the way. I buy the Buffalo over Miami comparison, but only if Lashawn McCoy is Lashawn McCoy. Okay. Because and he's going to get healthier and he's going to be good right. and he's going to improve and improve. But is he going to get healthier though? That's the question. Uh, you're, tra- you're right. He left. Pra- I think he left practice at the right. end of the week, so that that's discouraging. But at the same time, if this guy can be very good, it takes all the pressure off your mm-hmm. quarterback. If this guy's good, I I can agree with that. I, I, but the, the Dolphins are solid. The Dolphins are very solid. Jordan Cameron's their tight end. You got Tannehill, who's 
I don't love, but he's re- improving right, every yeah, year. I agree with you on that. Uh, and Lamar Miller's pretty good. And, and not to mention, they got the best center in, in football, potentially, in Mike Pouncey. So this team's good. The Dolphins are good. They got, Of course, they got Sue on the defensive line. They, they, the Bills and Dolphins are meeting in week three. So it's, it's no easy test for Buffalo, but can Buffalo be real? Yeah, I think if LaShawn McCoy is really good this year, takes the pressure off of Tyrod Taylor. Taylor looks like a very athletic quarterback. You could start doing some read option things there, sort of like a Mariota type, like that you know, run-and-gun offense if, if it works. I know McCoy didn't do great in that offense in Philadelphia, so maybe that's not the answer, but you know, I, I buy that Buffalo is real. Listen, I, I mean, it's certainly going to be you know an interesting AFC East. It's going to be one of the uh, tougher divisions in the National Football League. Now you got a guy who you know was spent a year away from football, former National Ugh. Football League MVP Adrian Peterson, and you know the Minnesota Vikings got absolutely trounced by the San Francisco 49ers, who honestly I don't expect much from. I don't think even fans in the Bay Area expect much from. They lost their head coach, you know, half the team. But before we get into that game, you know, I want to talk about, you know, I just highlighted that Peterson was a former MVP. We picked division winners last week on on the show. I want to get, you know, your thoughts, Corey, on maybe league MVP, Super Bowl winner, rookies of the year. Give me some of your predictions. Um, you know, let's let's talk about who you think is going to win offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and I'll give the same. Well, looking at you know, the offense, there's a lot of good players. I mean, the first two picks are the quarterbacks. But I'm going to go with the running back, the first running back drafted, and that's Todd Gurley. Interesting. The Rams are very good. They beat Seattle last week. They looked really good. I know he has to compete with Trey Mason, which could hurt some of his carries. But I look at Todd Gurley as an explosive player who really can make an impact on this level. On the defensive side of the ball, I, I, I want to pick Jadavian Clowney, but I can't <laughs> because he played a little bit last year. It felt like he didn't play at all. So he's ineligible this year. I think he'll have the biggest impact in terms of any, you know, rookie, if we're using the word right, right, right. first year, you know, full first year, we'll look at that. But I'm going to go with the, you know, the guy, the, the guy the Jets took first, Leonard Williams. He's an absolute beast. He's solid on yeah. a good de- and on a good defense too, and that's always helpful when you have talented players around you. That's why I think Jadavian Clowney is going to be so good this year because he's got Vince Wilfork to look up to because he's got J.J. Watt on the other side of the line helping him out, distracting defenders. Absolutely. Um, on my offensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with. Marcus Mariota, I think, you know, I liked what I saw out of him in the preseason and in week one. He was basically, he had a perfect passer rating. I think that he's just going to continue to make smart decisions with the football. It's part of his DNA. You saw that at Oregon. He didn't turn the ball over barely. He turned he barely turned the ball over at Oregon. So I think he'll that he will bring that to the NFL level. And on the defensive side, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box here. I'm going to go Vic Beasley, the outside linebacker like from the Atlanta Falcons. I think, you know, in the Monday night game, he made, he made his presence felt. He made a couple, you know, nice tackles against that, you know, very fast-paced Philadelphia offense. So I think the Atlanta Falcons will certainly enjoy Vic Beasley, their defensive rookie of the year. Another guy to look out for is Shane Ray on, on, right, Denver. on the Denver. Another Broncos. That's a very, very good right. defense. you got Vaughn Miller as another linebacker on that team. Demarcus Ware's D-end. It's, it's a really good defense. Let's move on to your MVP. I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. I, <laughs> I, I said I think that you know it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers, but I just think and I know Week One, you know, punch in the face. I think he's going to step step it up from now on and kind of play very well. I think this Colts team is very good. Andrew Luck has some good weapons. He's got Andre Johnson. He's got Ty Hilton. So there's a lot of upside there. I think this is his first is his first MVP award. I agree with you. Um, I think Andrew Luck will bounce back after week one. I, I had him pegged as my NFL MVP coming into the year. He can do it all. He's a great yeah. quarterback. I think the only thing um, with Andrew Luck, you know, maybe a weakness or, 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 you know, not even, you know, guys turn the ball over, but he turns the ball over, I think, a little bit too much, and that's the nature of when they have him go back there and pass 50 times a game. Um, so if he can cut down on the turnovers and, you know, the Colts, the Colts can be as good as advertised or on paper as they, they seem to be, I think Luck will walk away with his first MVP award. Obviously can never count out guys like Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, your boy up in New England, Tom Brady, Absolutely. might have something to say about that too. Um, so, But like you said, I think we're both in agreement here, Andrew Luck. And, uh, you know, I'll start off the, the Super Bowl matchup. I'm going to go with, you know, I think what the Super Bowl probably should have been last year. I'm going to go with New England. I think I still think if New England gets home field advantage throughout the playoffs, nobody's beating them. I don't care if it's Andrew Luck, if it's Peyton Manning. The New England Patriots, if they play an ounce of defense, will be back in the Super Bowl. I think they're on a mission this year to prove people wrong. Um, so I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. And then on the NFC side, 
despite the loss of Jordy Nelson at wide receiver, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I think they have the best quarterback in the league in Aaron Rodgers. And um, I think, again, another team that didn't lose at home. Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions at home. 8-0 last year. So if the Packers get home field advantage, they're going to, in my opinion, cruise through the Super Bowl as well. That's something that both teams need to focus on. Green Bay, New England, Super Bowl 50 out in San Francisco. And I'm going to pick a winner right now, Corey. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers are winning Super Bowl 50. Cool. I like that prediction a lot. I think that's a, a solid prediction, but I'll, I'll I'll be a little different and kind of go outside the box. Like I said, I picked Andrew Luck for the MVP. I think if anyone's going to beat the Patriots this year in the AFC Conference, it's the Colts. And I I got some weird feeling about that that this may be the year. Unfortunately, I'm from I'm from New England, so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's tough to it's tough to win at Gillette Stadium, and it's also tough to win at Lucas Oil Stadium. If if the Patriots are on the road for some reason in in Indianapolis, then I'm going to take the Colts going going to the Super Bowl. Wow. On the other side of the ball, again, the Packers are a good pick. I I don't I don't disagree with that at all. And this might be a crazy one, but I, I just think it's been too long since they've been there. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think and the I Cowboys won last wow. week in a game that they shouldn't have won. Wow. They won in the game they should not have won. Listen okay. to me here. When when things things like that happen to Super Bowl winning teams, they had no business. And I know we're going to get to it. They had no business winning that game against the Giants. No business. I looked at the Eagles last night, uh, last week, and that team will improve as the season goes on, and they're going to give Dallas a run for their money, I think. But they're not that scary. So I see. I think Dallas is going to win the East. Okay, I agree. with I that. I think that they they provide a matchup that could be troubling for a team like. Green Bay. Right. Last year, yeah, they almost pulled that out. Exactly. And, and Tony Romo, for a lot, all the crap he gets, is a pretty solid quarterback. He's got a good right. offensive line. Is this the year they they can they overcome Seattle and Green Bay? It may be a bad prediction, but I just there's something about the Cowboys with that Week One win that just is a little okay. frightening. All right. I mean, so you're going Cowboys, Colts, and who wins that game? I'm going to pick Andrew Luck. It's his first okay. Super Bowl. It's going to be a good year for Mr. Andy Luck. I um. I can understand your reasoning behind the Colts. I'm just such a Giants yeah, fan. Yeah, no, that's but, fair. But listen, and I'm going out on a limb here with right. the Cowboys naturally because I, I mean, you look at the two top teams in the NFC, and that's that's Seattle and and that's Green Bay. Right. Seattle's got some problems right now without Cam Chancellor. So does Green Bay. And, and Green Bay's got some right. big injuries too. Right. Des Bryant's not out that's that a, long. I was just going to transition not out you know, that long real so quickly. We'll see. But those foot injuries, four to six. Some people who have had those injuries say it's eight, but he's really not even going to be 100 percent till next year. And so you never you saw in basketball with Kevin Durant, he had that foot injury, didn't really come back to the court. So you never know. Listen, he's a you're tremendous right. athlete. But listen, I respect your you're pick. Right. You're going out yeah. there on a limb, and you know what? You're right. Fully healthy, the Cowboys possess a lot of problems for any team. They have a great offensive line. We'll get into that in just a minute. But right now, we're going to go to the New York Football Giants and what happened last week. <laughs> All right, it's time for some G-Men talk. Um, rough, rough loss last week. And I uh, I talked about it in my Giants report. The New York Giants are 0-1. It was an excruciating loss for the G-Men, who had many chances to put the game away. However, clock management, or lack thereof, cost them. On third and goal with 140 remaining, the Giants elected to pass the ball into the end zone. This would have put them up by 10 with a minute and a half left in the game. Dallas had already used all their timeouts. Eli Manning threw the ball out of the end zone on the play, stopping the clock. This allowed Dallas to drive down the field and score the winning touchdown with seven seconds left, coming away with a 27-26 win. Running the ball or taking a sack would have ensured the Cowboys got the ball back with less than a minute on the clock, having to drive the length of the field for a touchdown. The fact that the Giants were supposed to lose this game on paper does not console anyone. They had the game won, and they blew it, plain and simple. New York now faces a formidable test at home in the Atlanta Falcons, who are coming off a two-point win against Philadelphia. Julio Jones reeled in two touchdowns in the win, and is someone the Big Blue defense needs to focus on. The defense did force three turnovers in Dallas, leading to 17 points. Unexpectedly, it's the offense that needs to step up and do their part. Here's offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo on preparing for the Falcons. I imagine that they're going to roll some things at us, some different some different shells, some different coverage types, and uh, probably have a plan for Odell that way, and we'll have to to take a look at it and adjust as the game goes on. The G-Men will have to get Odell more involved this week, 
He scored his first career touchdown last year against the Falcons and hopes to make a similar impact on Sunday. The defense was better than expected in week one, but the pass rush needs to generate more pressure against Matt Ryan. If they can hurry him and disrupt his rhythm, New York will enjoy a fun Sunday in the Meadowlands. I think Big Blue will come out extremely motivated on Sunday and pick up their first win of the 2015 season. I like the Giants in this one, 30-24. With the Giants Report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. All right, um, Corey, let's just let's just get this over with. Uh, let's talk about the game on Yikes. Sunday. Yikes. Um, you know what, you start because I don't – oh, my God. So I'm sitting at the U.S. Open. It's, they got a great setup there. We got five five TVs, five screens in this one TV, so I'm watching football, watching uh-huh. tennis. It was rain delayed, just perfect. I'm looking at the Giants uh-huh. in the night game after Novak Djokovic had won. I'm like, oh, they, look, they, they beat a pretty good Dallas Cowboys team. It looks pretty <laughs> good. They're driving down. You know, Eli's – I figure they're going to score, right? Wrong. They don't score. Worse, let's just throw the ball out of bounds. So, I mean, a game that they absolutely should have had, a game against their division foe that could come to haunt them later. Agreed. Uh, probably the worst way you want to start a season. So not a whole lot of positives if you're the G-man on this one. So I'm watching the game in my dorm room, um, you know, with, with my roommates, obviously Luke Palmer being one of them. Um... And I'm looking at this this game, and I, I kind of can't believe what's going on. I, you know, I picked the Dallas Cowboys to win. On paper, they're the better team. And the Giants' defense is flying to the ball, creating turnovers. And Tony Romo kind of looks out of whack. And so the Dallas offense really can't get anything going. And the Giants look like they're putting together a drive to finally win the game. Quality winning drive. So That I've seen way too many right, times right, in big against, moments. Uh, yeah, against your New England Patriots that we've seen twice on the big stage. So Rashad Jennings goes first and goal. I noticed something as he was trying to go into the end zone. It looked like maybe he wasn't necessarily trying to score. I'm like, okay, I didn't think anything of it. They're second and goal at the one. They run the ball. Don't get it in. Figures. So third and goal, I figure, you know, at this point, you got 140 left on the clock. Dallas has no more timeouts. So I'm thinking, all right, the Giants are going to run the ball. Or if they pass the ball you better make sure it's a completion. Yeah, of course. Or take the sack. So, while I'm not necessarily against, totally against that play call, you have to take the sack. You have to keep the clock moving. And I understand why people are putting the blame on Eli because he threw the ball out of the end zone. But I want to, you know, let everybody know something. A quarterback is coached to throw the ball away Absolutely. Down by the goal line every single time when you get a defender in your face. So part of this is on Coach Coughlin and Ben McAdoo as well. Well, it becomes a reaction for the quarterback. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's almost a natural reaction. And so you heard it this week. Ben McAdoo came out and said, look, I take responsibility for not telling Eli to go down and conserving time. Because if you're going to call a pass, you have to make sure the clock is moving. And so... Eli throws the ball out of the back of the end zone. The NFL comes out and says, oh, Daniel Fells was being held on the, you know, which, you know, whatever. There's a penalty on every play. Right, exactly. And so, you know, but the one penalty that got me really upset was the DRC pass interference. That was brutal. Um, so anyway, Dallas gets the ball back. The minute that ball went out of bounds, I knew the Giants lost. I knew the Giants lost. I said that we're going to kick a field goal here. Tony Roma, they hadn't done anything all night except the last drive. They went and Swiss cheesed our defense yes, and scored a touchdown. Time. Without Dez. And so, without Dez, exactly. And so, I figured, you know what, Tony, they got no timeouts, but Tony will bring them down the field, they'll score a touchdown, and we're going to blow this game. And that's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. Witten, wide open. Unga drops back into pass coverage. Granted, he played a pretty good game in place of John Beeson. But why are you backing into the end zone? What are you doing? Your objective is not to let him score. So if you're already behind him and he's in front of the end zone, what are you doing? You you lost the game already. And so it's just I haven't felt like that, Corey, after a football game in a while. And after especially a Giants loss in a while, it felt like you said they lost an opportunity to win a division game on the road against a team they should have lost to on paper. In their home opener. In their home opener week one. It felt like I had Giants fans texting me after the game, the season's over. The season is over. And, right. and that's what it felt. It felt like we lost the NFC title game. 
the season's not over. Don't worry yet. But the the adjective I'm going to use because I know Luca like this blood curdling. That's a blood curdling <laughs> oh, loss if you're the Giants. It's heartbreaking. I sat there in disbelief for about twenty to thirty minutes after the game. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I mean, look at this. I mean, Eli and Matt Moore just brought this up. Eli should go down on that play. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Right. I guarantee you that his brother's not throwing that ball out of bounds. Right. He's taking the sack. Yeah, no, listen. Tom I, Brady's taking the sack. They're, they should have ran the ball, first of right, all. Right, first yes, of all. Yes, I, I, don't, I don't hate the no-throw call, but there's no point. There's no point to not throw to, to not run the ball because even if you don't get a touchdown, the clock still stops. When you, when you call a pass play, there's a chance that the clock's going to get stopped no matter what. You open up in a, a possibility for that to happen. On the run, it will not happen. Or you score a touchdown, so you got to have confidence in your running game one, and tell your running back to score when he should score, and put this game out of out of sync. And and just when you think that things couldn't get worse for the Giants, what happens during the week? But photos finally come up of our boy Jason Pierre-Paul, and boy oh boy, that does not look pretty. He doesn't even have. I mean, he's missing his whole index finger. His thumb's basically not there, and then half of his middle finger's gone. And he thinks he can play. In the article, it said that he was willing to play week one um, and just that the team needed to find a way to wrap up his hand so he wouldn't, you know, be liable for anything. But he looks like he's a long way away from getting back on the field. It is unbelievable the lack of communication with the team over the summer. And then he comes back saying, all right, guys, I can play now when your hand looks like that. You know, it's it, it's almost like the Giants are like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, this this guy, you know, blows you're being immature, his, right? Blows his hand off and then says, "You know what? I, I appreciate the football player mentality, but when you have three fingers, what more can you do?" I, I guess Two they're gonna and have half. right, exactly. They're gonna have to put a club on him. But the Giants' doctors deemed he wasn't ready and, and to, to come back and see them in a few weeks. He might not get on the field this year. Obviously, the injury was a lot worse than we were led on to believe. And Jason Pierre come, Pierre Paul comes out of this looking like a moron. I mean, absolutely. From the top, top to bottom, he's just carried the situation out so poorly. I understand from the money aspect why you would do it, but he's still not making money. And he's made. I mean, he could have pos- potentially gotten great, great medical care for his hand up here in New York. He wouldn't have had to pay for it himself. He must have because the Giants were willing to. But I think he declined it because he stayed down there. And secondly, you haven't even communicated with the team that's done a lot for you. As a, as a player throughout your career, I mean, you've been on the team the whole time. I mean, at least show a little courtesy. It, it's it's very very weird situation, and it has been ever since the incident. I mean, the whole it starts with the fireworks. Why get someone else to do that for you, Jason? It's it's just bonehead mistake after bonehead mistake. And right now, the Giants, in terms of team vibes, have got to be one of the lowest in the NFL. Agreed, completely agreed. They can't start out the season zero two again. They just can't. Um, you're gonna you're gonna get people calling for Coughlin's job. You're gonna get people saying that this team is gonna be towards the bottom of the league again. Um, and you got a game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, which you know Falcons had a very impressive win at at home against Philadelphia. But the six and ten Giants beat that Falcons team last year, so I picked in the Giants in my report. I do believe they'll come out there and play well to win the game, but if they don't. Then it's 0-2, and then you got a Thursday night game against Washington, who on paper you should beat. But still. And imagine if they lose that game. They might not win a game all year. I, I mean, mean, they'll, they'll fit, you know, you, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, I, but if you don't beat Washington at home, what are you going to go, 4-12? and Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, well, and, and where's Victor Cruz? I mean, right. we're waiting for him forever. Cruz is out for week uh, two now. Yeah, he's, he's been gone for a while. He's going to make a difference, I think. Look, I look at this game, I don't think Eli's going to lose this game. I think he is pissed no, I don't off. Think he's so going to come back and play a great game. I even, so far, I'm, I think he's going to do so well that I'm considering, and I probably won't do it, I'm probably going to ask Luke this in a little bit, but I'm considering sitting Aaron Rodgers, who's playing Seattle, because I think Eli's going to have such a good game on my fantasy team. I'm not going to get that radical. I probably won't sit Rodgers, <laughs> I'll be honest. But right. I just think the Giants will bounce back from this. I agree. Tom Coughlin's too good of a coach, and every time it seems that people start calling for his head, that's when things go right. I mean, he's been here too long to not 
be considered one of the better coaches in the NFL. He is one of the better coaches in the NFL. And you got one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. Rashad Jennings is a pretty good running back. He's going to get better week to week. Vereen proved Vereen, to be very solid. Exactly. He is a key po- component. You've been, I mean, I've been watching that for years, but he is a good target to have on third down. I mean, this Giants team has potential. The defensive side is really troubling. That's the that's where the issue is. It's not on the offensive side of the ball. It's it's and, and they played well. They right, played relatively right. well against a good a good Cowboys team. But that last drive, nowhere to be seen. The stat that really put things into perspective for me about that game: Tony Romo dropped back to pass forty five times. He was hit once. Hit, not sacked. Hit. There's no meaning pressure. somebody touched him once. There's no pressure. Out of forty five dropbacks. That's almost unheard of. And that's a credit to the Cowboys' offensive line, which is tremendous, as we all know. It's been well documented. But, but and this puts the Pierre Paul injury exactly. into perspective. There's nobody on that on that defensive front. None. You're going to line up Colin Jenkins at defensive end? The guy's 34 years old. Yeah. No, that's and that, that's and it starts with that front four, front five. It, it's the, Jason Pierre Paul is a huge... Huge loss to this team. He's gonna he was gonna be their best defensive player, right? It's, and he's gone, and that's where the problem is. I mean, and and this this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a, have to be a shootout because the defense. Oh yeah. The, oh this yeah. this Falcons team. Wow, did Julio Jones look good? <laughs> wow, did he look scary? He's Roddy a top White. five receiver. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, really good. Really, really good talent there. I really like Matt Ryan. He's he's right. had a solid NFL career. BC guy. <laughs> but uh, I just I think the Giants will come back. I think it's going to be a shootout, high scoring game. Right. Eli's going to play well. That's why I think I'm like, ooh, should I start Eli? I think he's going to have a really good game. Odell was really quiet last week. Yeah, they like shut him down. I mean, he's going to need to have a good game. True Font will probably be covering him. He's a veteran corner who's been solid for years, so that's provides a tough matchup. But hey, the Giants I think will win this game. It's a tough game if they can beat the Falcons. That's a that's a, a real uplifter for this squad. Agreed. Uh, I think the Giants bounce back. You know, obviously I'm picking them. I picked them in my report. We'll get to that in the pick segment. But for now, we're going to move on to the team that actually won in New York this weekend, the New York Jets. So the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns this weekend, and right now we're going to hear from WFUV's New York Jets beat reporter, Matt Crow. The New York Jets began the 2015 season 1-0 following a great home win against a bad team. A rough first quarter for Gang Green morphed into a dominating performance on both sides of the ball, resulting in a 31-10 pummeling of the Cleveland Browns. The Jets' defense came out slow, but momentum shifted at the end of the first quarter when safety Calvin Pryor forced a fumble and knocked starter Josh McCown out of the game. Johnny Manziel was able to throw the first touchdown pass of his career, a 54-yard strike beating Antonio Cromartie. However, that would prove to be the only bright spot for the young gunslinger. The defense hit their stride once the second half started, forcing two fumbles and an interception. After the game, Calvin Pryor spoke about the dominance of the Jets' D. Wanted to just go dominate as a defense, and I think that's what we did today. You know, creating turnovers, you know, making them do things that they didn't want to do. You know, we started stopping the run, so we made a one-dimensional and having to pass the ball. The game played in our favor. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick proved that he could lead the Jets' offense while limiting mistakes. Brandon Marshall, who found his rhythm with Fitzpatrick, compares the NFL season to a boxing bout. It's just like a fight. You know, it's a lot of rounds in it. It's a lot of rounds. Every game's a round. 16-round fight and uh, every play is around. So you just got to do your best to stay in it, stay focused, because eventually you'll get your opportunity. Round two of that fight comes in prime time as the Jets head to Indianapolis to face the Colts on Monday Night Football. Andrew Luck and the Colts are coming off a week one shocker, losing to the Bills 27-14. The Colts offense seemed to be out of sync and the ground attack was virtually non-existent. Will the Jets become the second AFC East team to upset India in as many weeks? I believe Andrew Luck will be able to figure things out at home, and ultimately the Jets will go down in a nail-biter. My prediction, 27-24. Covering the... I'm Matthew Crow, WFUV Sports. Okay, so obviously great stuff from Matt there. Corey, the Jets are coming off a win. Uh, from the Cleveland Brown, excuse me, against the Cleveland Browns. Um, let's let's get your thoughts on the game first. Well, hey, exactly what you what you expected against you know, the Browns aren't a good team, but it's a good solid win. It's it's the one. It's kind of how you want to start your season if you're the Jets. Pretty dominating win. 
I didn't think Ryan Fitzpatrick looked anything great, but but he did enough to win. Macro said on the show last week he thought Chris Ivory is going to have a really good year, and I think that's a very good prediction. 20 rushes for 91 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to have to be this, the, the rock on that offense. But Brandon Marshall looked good. But it comes down to the Jets. You're going to talk about their defense right. because it's so talented. Revis had, I think, a fumble recovery. He took that for a while. They looked really good. A lot of turnovers forced. They, they you know, Josh McCown out of the game, got absolutely clocked uh, with a concussion. The Jets' defense is very talented. Very talented. They have a tough. They have a tough matchup this week against the Colts. It's going to be very telling going into Lucas Oil, but the Jets look good, and I really like. I really like Todd Bowles. I like his defensive mind. They're going to be a really solid defense for a while. I agree with that. Um, obviously, it helps when you play the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. um, in, in your home opener. It seems like the Jets usually get the cupcake of a first game, but uh, you know, <laughs> sound no, bitter. But uh, listen, that aside. Um, I think I think the Jets will be a solid football team. I think, like you said, Corey, the talent is on the defensive side of the ball here, big time. Fitzpatrick, you know, average to you know just above average quarterback. He's backup quarterback mostly for, yeah. his, for his career. Um, like you said, they're gonna have to pound Ivory. They're gonna have to give him the rock. Um, they got guys there though, Marshall, uh, Decker. So they have they have weapons to work with. They're not going into Indianapolis and beating Andrew Luck, and that's. A fact. I don't think that that's going to happen. I can't imagine the Colts starting out 0-2 with losses to the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets, but crazier things have happened. Um, it's going to be a tough time for them on Monday night. Well, you know, the more I think about this game, the more I'm... And I, and I know I've praised you're, the Colts you're like big intrigued, time. Right? The more I, I... I mean, I praise the Colts a lot. And I do think they're going to be very good, but... Man, the Jets, the Jets' defense will is going to be very problematic for the Colts. Andrew Luck's going to have to play stellar because Darrell Reeves is going to shut down uh, Andre Johnson. Right. D.Y. Hilton's hurt right now. Right. Moncrief's going to have to step up for exactly. the Colts. And Frank Gore's not going to get anywhere. He looked crappy last week. I mean, this is a good uh, defensive line. So that's that's interesting. I mean, the Jets on Monday Night Football, it's hard to play in Indianapolis, but the more I think about it, this could be a dangerous game for Indianapolis. I agree. On paper, it looks like, oh, no, you know, are the Jets, can they actually pull this one off? Um, you're right. That's a bad matchup. It, it, the Colts' offense um, is definitely going to have to find a way to protect Andrew Luck. But, again, you and I both picked Andrew Luck to be the league MVP. Exactly. And so great quarterbacks – find a way to win no mm-hmm. matter what if their backs are up against the wall against the great defensive front at home especially this is the home opener for the Colts they're going to be charged up Monday night football I just don't really see the Jets putting up enough points on offense even though the Colts defense is not exactly a stellar unit I just think Fitzpatrick might have a, a down game um this time around so we'll see how it goes I I just believe the Colts are the superior team and will display that on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. I think I think we're probably going to see vintage Andrew Luck on Monday Night Football. I mean, it's yeah, I, put, I, put him in the limelight. He's going to play well at, at home. At, at Lucas Oil is a tough place to play. Exactly. But it's a dangerous game. It's going to be a close one. Probably probably not that high scoring. Maybe, maybe I mean, a touchdown game. Yeah. You never know. You know I, I mean, look at like a you know, 24-17, yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, right? in that area, 21-17. So it's it's going to be a good one on Monday Night Football. It, it, last week, I thought the the second game on Monday Night Football really disappointed. So it's a good it's let's let's get it right back on track with a good matchup this week. Exactly, and uh, you know not to not to beat a dead horse here, but um, luck will, luck will bounce back. You know Buffalo will um, get get Buffalo will wake up Andrew Luck in terms of that's fair the realization that hey I just can't sleepwalk through this NFL season, think the MVP is going to get handed to me. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Leonard Williams and, and guys like that up front will disrupt Luck's uh, rhythm. But, again, we've been saying it for a while. I think the Colts will ultimately win this game. And, you know, Andrew Luck is usually a good fantasy football player, a good fantasy football product. And for more on that, we're going to turn to our expert, Luke Palmer. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, Luke, you uh, you deliver the goods every time you're on uh, NFL Friday here. Give us guys to watch. Hey, guys. Um, So, 
we'll get right into it, guys. To to watch this week, guys, maybe start. And uh, we're going to have to start with this guy as a quarterback. In third grade, I used to tell people he was my cousin. He's not, unfortunately. <laughs> I like Shares pick. the same yeah. last name as me, though. Goes by the name of Carson Palmer. Last week, he had 25 points. He had 307 passing yards and two touchdowns. He's started in 11% of leagues, and this week he's going up against the Chicago Bears, and that defense has been okay, but not great. Not the Chicago defense of old. Uh, The reason why I like Carson Palmer is he's back. He's back from injury. He's got Larry Fitzgerald with him. He's ready to roll, and he's ready to show people that the time is now in Arizona to get that championship. Um, (laughs) Moving on to running backs. Although, hold on one second. Corey, you mentioned earlier in the show that you were not sure whether or not you I had a question start. for you. Yeah, exactly. Start Aaron Rodgers or not? Well, here's the thing. I I see Aaron Rodgers against Seattle. I know it's at home. I mean, I picked Aaron Rodgers first. He, I want him to be starting every week. Okay. But like I said, I think Eli and your Giants are going to have a very good week against a defense that's not that intimidating. Mm-hmm. I like to is, hear that. Is there any is there any ra- rationale in my in my consideration? I mean, absolutely. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers, he is undoubtedly the top quarterback, not only in the league. Well, that's arguable with Tom Brady, but he's the top quarterback when it comes to fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't it doesn't matter that they're playing the Seattle Seahawks on, on a few different fronts. A, the Seattle Seahawks de- secondary is not the Seattle Seahawks secondary of old, especially with the loss of Cam Chancellor. And the second thing is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has multiple targets he can go to, whether whether it's uh, Devontae Adams, whether it's Randall Cobb, whether it's James Jones, who I'm going to talk about later in the show. Mm, good. Tease. I like to hear that because I just picked him up. Ooh, nice. I like that. The Giants got rid of him. They thought Preston Parker would be a better option, but alas. Good, good, good one. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. When we were talking about the Giants, I was very depressed during <sighs> during that. But we'll move on. It's 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 good vibes right now. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it's not so much the matchup is going to give him struggle. It's going to push him to do more, push him to excel, push him over that edge. And that's great news for fantasy owners. So I would absolutely start Aaron Rodgers. Thank thank you. Thank you. You're quite welcome, Corey. Um, Moving on to running backs. I want to throw this guy in because I feel like it's necessary after the week he just had. Goes by the name of Carlos Hyde. Mm -hmm. He had 29 points. He really just kind of emerged and bulldozed the uh the vikings vikings defense thank you thank you um he had 29 points 26 rushes 168 yards and two tds he's going against the pittsburgh defense which the new england patriots and Deion lewis kind of had their way with them last week uh he's getting the bulk of carries over there in san francisco he's a guy who if you haven't picked him up already Look for him in trades. Pick him up if he's still available. He's a guy to watch out in San Francisco. The other running back I have for this week, he, he had a lackluster, to say the least, season last year. His name's Bishop Sankey, running back for Tennessee Titans. And the reason why I picked Bishop Sankey, he had a, he had a good week last week. He had, obviously had 20 points, 12 rushes, 74 yards, a touchdown. The reason why I say, say him is because of the success Marcus Mariota had last week. They're going against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are going to focus on Marcus Mariota. He, he's a player. He's a rookie. He really showed what he, he's capable of last week. And the Cleveland Browns are immediately going to say to themselves, all right, we have to contain Marcus Mariota. Opening up more rushes, more opportunity for Bishop Sankey, not only in the run game, but on the receiving game too. A little, a little screen passes, what right, have you. Right. He's a guy I really like and who you should start or keep an eye out for this week. Moving on to wide receivers, uh, it's funny, he, you know his name. Uh, in fact, Tommy Aldrich, who's behind the glass last week, uh, earlier this week in our fantasy football podcast, which is soon to be debuted here, all the <laughs> listeners out there, keep your eyes open. Um, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's Right now, he scored the second most points in the wide receiver category, 23 points. Both Tommy and I believe that DeAndre Hopkins is going to emerge as an elite wide receiver in terms of fantasy points and in terms of just in regular NFL playing this season. He He's shown such flashes of brilliance down in Houston. He's a guy to look out for to trade for. Another guy who I really like, I actually picked him up about 10 minutes ago, was Percy Harvin. 
he uh, he had a good game. He had 14 points, 79 yards, touchdown. He's going against New England this week. The reason why I picked Percy Harvin is, from what I saw on Sunday, it looks like the old Percy Harvin of, of the Minnesota Vikings. The old Percy Harvin we know that was up for MVP candidates each year. He... The the Buffalo Bills, especially with Sean McCoy being out, they're going to have to use him as much as they can, uh, whether it's it's running, whether it's uh, throwing. He's a guy to look out for, and I truly believe he's going to have a strong week. I'm starting in my flex um, this week. Moving on to tight ends. Uh, two guy, I have two guys listed. One guy you all know, Jimmy Graham, elite tight end. Mm-hmm. The reason why I have him here is because all season, and we kind of saw it last week, Jimmy Graham's kind of been used a lot more than he has the previous seasons as a blocking tight end. Uh, the reason why I have him this week is because he's playing at Green Bay. We all know how, these are two great teams in the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers going at it. I think that Seattle is going to have to look for Jimmy Graham this week and give him the ball to get themselves over that edge, to try to get that win. Um, and then another guy who's a sleeper, he's, he's available in, I believe, 82% of the leagues. Um, his name's Eric Ebron. He's on the Detroit t- uh, Detroit Lions. My bad. I almost said Tigers. <laughs> Whoops. Um, he's going against the Minnesota Vikings this week. The reason why I like Ebron is that young Vikings secondary, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, right. they're going to focus on Calvin Johnson. It'll open It'll open up opportunities for Golden Tate. Look out for him as well. But really, Eric Ebron is that third spear on that offensive front, at least passing-wise. And I think Matthew Stafford's going to have to look for him while those two two are being covered. I've been waiting for Ebron to, to jump out. I just Why not? He's a great quarterback. He's got uh, Calvin Johnson on, on his left or right, usually. Why hasn't he been able to succeed, I wonder? I mean, I, I don't know if you have the answer now, but ever since he was drafted, I was like, this is a big guy, looks athletic, could be really good. So I, I like that upside in him. Absolutely. And finally, to wrap it up, guys, I've got one defense who I really, really like this week. You might be surprised. It's the Tennessee Titans defense. And the reason why I have them, not only did they perform well last week, they had 15 points, four sacks, two interceptions, one touchdown. The reason why I really like Tennessee is because they're going against Cleveland. Johnny Manziel obviously just took over his quarterback. I'm not sure how how well he 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 fits in with the Cleveland offense, and I think that Tennessee defense will not only cover his receivers well, especially with Jason McCourty in the backfield, but they're going to get to him. They had four sacks last week. The Cleveland offensive line, other than Joe Thomas, isn't spectacular. I think they'll get in there. They'll pressure Johnny Manziel. They'll cause him a turnover. It'll be a great day for the Tennessee Titans defense. Luke Palmer, you never, ever fail to disappoint. Thank you. Thank you. That's Luke Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, with the Fantasy Insight. And now you know what time it is. It's our favorite time of the show. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All righty, our favorite segment here on NFL Friday. And just before we get into picks, Luke, you never ever fail to disappoint. Obviously kidding. You always bring the goods on NFL Friday. Here we go. (laughs) Corey, the first game on our agenda here, the New York Giants look to bounce back against the Atlanta Falcons. Who are you taking? I said it earlier. I'm almost considering sitting Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm taking the G-Men in this one. Huge bounce back game and a big win over Atlanta. Luke, who you got? Listen, guys, I said this last week. I'll say it every week. I bleed blue. I'm taking my Giants this week. So much enthusiasm. What about the guys behind the glass? Uh, I am the opposite of Luke. I'm a Giants fan who is the most pessimistic Giants fan okay. in the world. I'm taking Atlanta because there's no way they can win. All right, what about Tommy I'm staying Aldridge? true this week. Big blue, baby. All right. And you know what, guys? Um, actually, wait. Before we get my pick, Brendan Bowers, who did he pick? We're still waiting. You know what? I, all right, I'm, all right. I got Brendan. Right, Brendan got- is the omnipresent supervisor of everything, okay, so right. in case you can't let him down. He's got the G-Men, so okay, don't worry. Even right. I didn't pick him. Good. We'll let Brendan, Brendan in tonight in, inside the dorm room. Um, I am picking the New York football Giants. I believe they bounce back. I believe they win the football game 30-24. to Moving on to the other New York team. The New York Jets on Monday Night Football travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Corey, 
Who wins that game? Oh, uh, the more I'm thinking about this game, the more no, I'm you're just not. not sure. The Jets are going to play well, but I just can't think that Andrew Luck's going to go back-to-back losses. Big game by the future MVP of this season. Colts get the win. Luke, you also on the Colts? Yeah, I'm with Corey. I mean, there's no way Andrew Luck loses at home to the Jets. And let's uh, let's go behind the glass. Matt Morrow, Jets, Colts, who do you have? Ah, uh, I don't trust the Jets either. New York football right. is terrible. Even though the Jets won last week, I'm just upset about the Giants. Indianapolis for me. This is revenge for Andrew Luck this week. I'm going with the Colts. We're going to make it a clean sweep here on NFL Friday. I am going with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Jets play well, but they don't do it. Sunday Night Football. Green Bay, Seattle. Rematch of the NFC Championship game in which the Packers lost in excruciating fashion. Corey. Who do you have, Packers or Seahawks? This has got to be the game of the week. Sunday night football doesn't get any better than this up at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers, then the Packers. Storm over. (laughs) Seattle without Cam Chancellor. Lots of problems on the West Coast in the Northeast Seattle. Corey's taking the Packers. Lukey on that train? Not, no. Wow. Wow. I, I do think it'll be the game of the week indeed, but I think that Seattle pulls one out like they did last year against Green Bay. Interesting. Matt. Well, first of all, I can't diss Brendan again. He picked the Colts. In, okay, in, in, right. He picked, he picked the Colts. <laughs> uh, so we got Dallas Philly in this one? Yeah, no, no, no. Green Bay, Seattle. Green Bay, Seattle. All right. Green Bay, Seattle. Brendan, because I don't want to diss him again. Right. Green. Uh, he goes Green Bay, as do I. Okay. Tommy. Ah, flip a coin on this one, boys. Seahawks won't go 0-2. I'll take Seattle. Really? Okay. You know what, guys? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what here. Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there. And uh, win the Packers the football game on a two-minute drive in similar fashion to the way the Seahawks beat them. I like Green Bay 24-17. Now, game we were talking about earlier, New England, the defending Super Bowl champions, go up to Ralph Wilson Stadium to take on the Buffalo Bills. Corey, your Patriots, who do you have? The Jets scare me sometimes when they play us. The Dolphins scare me sometimes when they play us. The Bills? No, they don't scare me. (laughs) They're like our little younger brother. Patriots, easy in Buffalo. You hear that, Rex? Luke, who do you have? Corey made me happy with all the stuff he had to say about the Giants. I'm going to make him happy with everything I have to say about the Patriots. They're pulling one out in Buffalo this week. Matt, who do you have? I, I fear the Bills a little bit more than Corey does, Ooh, but right. at the same time, I think uh, Tom Terrific and uh, Bill up there with the hoodie are going to do just okay. I think they pull one out. This front seven at home against the guy they've wanted all year? Come on, I'm taking Buffalo. Wow, all right, Tommy Aldridge going out on a limb here, taking the Buffalo Bills. But you're wrong, Tommy. The New England Patriots will go up to Buffalo and start the season 2-0. and And our last pick. NFC East Division Showdown. You saw the Giants blow the game last week. Who blows the game this week? Philadelphia or Dallas? Corey, who do you have? Oh, it's tough to play in Philadelphia, but you know what? I'm going Dallas. How about them Cowboys? I know Des Bryant's hurt. Tony Romo looked really good in that game at the end of the week. I go them. As much as it hurts me to say, Christian, there's something special about this Cowboys team. Really? I'm going Dallas this week. All right, guys. Matt, you heard him. They're uh, they're on Dallas. Who do you have? I've got Dallas too. I think they, <laughs> I think they were better last week than you guys are giving them some credit for. I think the Giants had no business winning that game. As I said, most pessimistic Giants fan in the world. And by the way, that last diss of Brendan, where I didn't say that he picked the Patriots, was intentional because he's a big Patriots fan. Oh, of course. But I have to get it in there oh, now. Of course. Corey's here. He'll beat me up because for hurting a fellow Patriots Who? fan. So Who? he picked the Pats, but this week he is going with the boys as well. Okay, wow, okay. Tommy, who do you have? Carmo will strike the Cowboys. This time, Philly wins. Tommy, you learned something. You are right. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles will win this football game. Dallas is a better team. Dallas will win the division. But there's no Des Bryant on the field this time. Give me the Eagles at home. And that will do it here on NFL Friday. Excuse me, excuse me, the upset pick. So, Corey, who is your upset pick? All right, well, I I consider that Houston is an upset pick over Carolina, but I think that's a pretty even game. So I'm going to go even more on a limb here. I know I've been talking about how well the Jets played last week. Watch out for Cleveland over Tennessee. Marcus Mariota, not going to have two good starts in a row. There's my big upset pick of the week. I got it right last week, Christian. Watch me go two in a row. I don't even know what you're talking about. Luke, next. Here's a little stat for you guys. The Detroit Lions have lost 15 of the last 17 games they've had in Minnesota against Minnesota. They're stopping that tonight uh, on Sunday. I'm going Lions over Vikings. 
All right, Corey, I'm trying to still ignore that you've picked Tennessee over Cleveland. Or excuse me, Cleveland over Tennessee. They're, they're, it's like two high school teams. Anyway, Matt, go ahead. Well, I'm glad that I talked Brendan out of picking Tennessee over Cleveland. Right, exactly. I don't know. The is it something in the water, Matt? What's going on here? <laughs> the two of them could have been buddies that had been going against each other. Brendan picks Houston over Carolina. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit more bold. The line is like six points. I'm going Niners over Pittsburgh in Wow. Wow. wow not, Matt. No Le'Veon Bell. Wasn't impressed last week. I don't know. Nine, Carlos Hyde can run all over the Steel City. Living on the edge. And, Tommy, who is your upset pick of the week? Battle the Sunshine stayed here. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Miami Dolphins. Wow. Okay. So, two the, – the guys behind the glass going a little bit more bold than the guys, you know, on the air. But I'm going to go with maybe not an upset. Last week I, I picked Detroit over San Diego. It didn't work out. Uh, I'm going with the San Diego game again this week. I think they are three-point underdogs in Cincinnati. Forget that. San Diego goes into Cincinnati and wins the football game. Watch out for the dog pound. Woof, woof. And uh, that that should do it here on NFL Friday. For Corey Miller and Luke Palmer, I'm Christian O'Hara, and we'll see you next week. This has been One on One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.